Welcome to Gateway Community Church, Webster, Texas. We're so glad you found us, and we hope this message helps you discover more about God and His unique plan for your life. Well, good morning, Gateway. It is, uh, I just want to point out one thing that uh, David said earlier when he was introducing us. Uh, he, he made a statement, something about, it sounded like I might be preaching for an hour. I don't know if you heard that or not, but I don't know if that's the truth. I don't know if I got that much material, but who knows? Uh, I do want to say that uh, it is with great sadness and joy that uh, I was asked to uh, bring a message today. Great sadness for the loss of a family member for Randy and his family, but great joy because we know that she is in the presence of her Heavenly Father. Uh, what a great testimony of a woman who loved her family well and brought them up in the love of Christ. So what Randy did on Wednesday when the news came uh, that, uh, that she had passed away in the morning, he began to ponder in his mind, who is the biggest procrastinator anyways when they begin the process of writing a sermon? And I stand before you as that person. And, and this one was no different than the others. I was writing Friday night and was typing this morning. But I know this, that God has something that He wants to say to each and every one of us, not because of the words that I have, but because of the words that He wants to speak to you through His Scripture and through someone who is crazy enough to be used as a vessel to bring the Word of God. Let's pray real quick for today's message. Father God, I thank You. Thank You that You love us so much. I thank You that You continue to pour out Yourself on us as a family of believers. Lord, I thank You that You continue to show us and guide us and lead us in all things that we do throughout our daily lives. God, let us... Just trust in You that You will lead us where we need to go. And I pray for this morning, God, that You would speak, I would get out of the way, and we would hear from You. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're finishing the series on It's a Wonderful Life. We've gone everything from finances to servanthood to legacy. Uh, And in our last message last week on encouragement. And today I get a chance to tell you about love. Now, since the beginning of time, the same question has been asked throughout the ages. By human standards and expectations, the answer to this question has varied from time to time. The question, what is love? What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. Yeah. I mean, what do you do with that after that plays behind you? <laughs> 1993, the night at the Roxbury Boys decided to ask the question, but they never really answered it. If you look at the lyrics, they never really answered the question. So here comes another one of my favorite uh, long-haired uh, individuals from the 80s that I think tried to do that. Uh, and he said, you know, is this love that I'm feeling? 
Where is that guy? Oh yeah, that's him. David Coverdale, white snake. You know, he's got the answer. Is this love that I'm feeling? I don't know, David, is it? I'm not going to really go any further with you on that one. But other people have tried to answer the question, what is love? Dean Martin, Dean, Dino said, when the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie, that's amore. Now, I had to look up amore. Uh, it is Italian for love. So, Dino was right on that one. Like a big pizza pie. Uh, and then you've got Andy Gibb in the 70s. You know, look at him. He just looks handsome. Uh, love is higher than a mountain. Love is thicker than water. Some of y'all probably don't know that reference, and that's really a shame. But some of you in here will know our next reference is, is that Anna and Hans asked the question, and they answered it with, love is an open door. So somewhere in here, everybody has caught a vision that people have tried to answer the question, what is love? We can't do it based upon human standards and human expectations. We have to do it based upon the Word of God. And in His Word, He clearly helps us define that. 1 John 3.16 says, this is how we know what love is. Jesus laid down His life for us. That is the full and true answer to our million dollar question. John 15, 13 says, greater love has no one than this, that He laid down His life for His friends. John heard Jesus speak these words before His death, and then he saw that manifested on the cross. Not just for John and the disciples, but for the world. So how do we know what love is? We know it because... How you doing? We know it because God first loved us. If you want to write something in your notes, I put a bunch of uh, Scriptures in there for you today. That was, even a, that was a real kicker for me to actually have Scriptures in there. I usually just have the title and kind of go from there. But if you want to keep along with some bullet points... I'll give you your first one. I know, there's a lot of shocked people in the room right now. First bullet point is this. God initiates love. God loved us. How did He love us? He loved us so much that He sent His Son Jesus to save us from our sins. He took the initiative to love us and sacrifice everything for us. Now, I was looking through some sermon illustrations and I found one that I thought really fit this idea of laying down one's life. And in Ernest Gordon's book, The Miracle on the River Kwai, see, there's people in here that know it. So now, here's what I've done to you. One generation, I've given you a song that's going to be stuck in your head all day long. And the other in this room is going to be working, doing something today, and they're going to start whistling the Bridge Over the River Kwai song. It was a movie back in the 50s. It's a great movie. But in Ernest Gordon's book, The Miracle on the River Kwai, the Scottish soldiers forced by their Japanese captors 
To labor on a jungle railroad had degenerated to barbarous behavior, but one afternoon, something happened. A shovel was missing. The officer in charge became enraged. He demanded that the missing shovel be produced or else. When nobody in the squadron budged, the officer got his gun and threatened to kill them all on the spot. It was obvious the officer meant business and what he said. Then finally, one man stepped forward. The officer put his gun away, picked up the shovel, and he beat the man to death. When it was over, the survivors picked up the bloody corpse and they carried it with them to the second tool check. This time, no shovel was missing. Indeed, there had been a miscount at the first checkpoint. The word spread like wildfire through the whole camp. An innocent man had been willing to dive to save the others. The incident had a profound effect. The men began to treat each other, treat each other like brothers. And when the victorious allies swept in, the survivors, human skeletons, some of them, lined up in front of their captors, and instead of attacking them, they insisted, no more hatred, no more killing. Now, what we need is forgiveness. This one man gave his life to save the squadron, but Jesus died to save the world from its sins. Romans 5, 8 says, but God demonstrated his love for us while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God's desires to save us and give us eternal life was driven by his love for us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. Nothing in us is worthy of this kind of love. Remember, we were still sinners and Christ died for us. And as we believe in the love that God initiates toward us and receives, and we receive Jesus as our Savior, He fills our hearts with His immeasurable love. Paul says in Ephesians 3, 17 through 19, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and grounded and, and, and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Point number two, he instills us with his love. Romans 5, 5 says, And hope does not disappoint us, because God has poured out His love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, whom He has given us. 1 John 3, 1 says, How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. I want you to notice a pattern so far in today's message to you. It has nothing to do with me and what I am expressing to you, but everything that God wants to express to you through His Word. 
He loves us. He wants to lavish that love upon us. He has done everything He can to give us that love. I missed it. Y'all were good. Y'all were quick. The God of the universe pours out His love upon you and me. We have, we have done nothing to deserve it. We simply are to receive it. Once we have done this, how do I, you and I, remain in that love? John 15, 9 and 10. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, Jesus says, you will remain in my love just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in His love. So we remain in Him by obedience. But, it, but is that all we are to do? No. No, we are told that we must also love one another. 1 John 4.12 He completes His love in us as we love one another. Did you hear those words? He completes His love in us as we love who? One another. Point number three. So God instructs us to love. God, John also says in that same passage in 1 John 4, in verse 11, he says, Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. The disciples even asked Jesus this question about love. And Jesus made it simple for them, and I think He's made it simple for you and I. Matthew 22, 36-40 says this, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So all of Jesus' teachings are summed up in these two commands. The most important thing for us The most important thing to do as believers in Jesus is to love. All of salvation hinges on love. God's love for us and our response to receive it and reciprocate His love back to Him. 1 John 3.23 says this, And this is His command, to believe in the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as He commanded us. So, the message, again, is simple on how we are to respond. Our love for others is the evidence of God's love in us. 1 John 4, 
through 21. We love because He first loved us. If anyone says, I love God yet hates his brother, is a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God whom he has not seen. And he has given us this command. Whoever loves God must love his brother. So, God calls us to love him, to love others. I hope you're able to see how God's, what God's desire is for us to, to live here on earth for him and for each other. Taking a simple message of love. That God first loved us. What is our response? The whole series that we've been in this wonderful life has been about the things of God and how He has given those things to us and how we are to give those things away. And love is no different. God has loved us. He's lavished His love. He sent His Son to die for us to show His love for us. And we, in return, are to receive that love. To ask Jesus into our heart. To reciprocate the love back to Him. But then yet, the other side of that is this passage of Scripture, which is for us to love one another. To not hate our brother. And to do that always with the heart and mind of Jesus Christ. I have a story that I want to I end with. I know this is pretty quick, and you're probably going, my gosh, he's already done. What is up with this? I was, uh, before I tell you the story, I, I, was, uh, I was named after an evangelist. Um, my parents had, uh, had this gentleman come uh, to Houston, Texas, and he was in Metter, Georgia, and they went and heard him speak. And um, just saw Christ in him, saw the love of God in this guy. And back in the late 60s, they got on his, his board. And they were with Michael Guido, the seed from the sower. And that's who I was named after. I was named after Michael Guido. And I was looking for a, an ending illustration for today's talk. And I have a and a book of illustrations that Michael had done. And I went into Michael's office uh, a long time ago, and I, he goes, well, this is, my, this is my sermons, and this is my illustrations. And I, and I kid you not, I mean, it would be the length of this front part of the stage all the way back filled with just rows and rows of file cabinets of stories and sermons that he had preached over the years. And somehow or another, somebody took all of that and condensed it into a book. I don't know how they did it, but they were able to. And this is a story that he shares out of that book. One night, a famous actress named Mary Martin was about to go on stage to star in South Pacific. She was handed a note, and the note read this. A bell is not a bell until you ring it. A song is not a song until you sing it.
love in your heart is put there to stay. Love is not till you give it away. That night, she electrified the audience. And her friends came to her and they said, what happened? She said, tonight, I gave my love away. Love is a gift from God. Take it, let it grow, and glow. Give it away wherever you go. Love is the one adventure in which it pays to be a spendthrift. Give it away, live it away, and tomorrow you will have more than ever. We're going to be moving into a time of communion, a time of remembrance, a time for us to take a look at the love of God, to see how much He has lavished us with that love. As believers in Christ, as we come before the table, we do this in remembrance of what He has done for us. So I ask as we, as I'm about to pray, and Robert is going to come up and lead us in our communion, we just pray that right now, if you are here today, you're struggling, you're struggling trying to understand whether or not God loves you, I want you to know Scripture is full of God's love for you and me. Seek Him. Seek Him out, and He will find you. Let's pray. Father, I thank You for today. I thank You that You've demonstrated Your love to us by sending Your Son to die for us. And Jesus, I thank You that You were obedient to die for us on the cross. God, it is, a, it is a gift that we can never repay. God, we marvel at your love. God, give us the hearts to know how much you love us. Teach us how to love you back and to take that love and love others as well. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. To learn more about us, visit www.gateway-community.org. Welcome to your journey.